0: Welcome to the podcast for Gateway Baptist Church. You're listening to a message from our Mackenzie campus. Find us at gatewaybaptist.com.au if you'd like to connect with us as we seek to change lives by following Jesus in our community, our nation and our world. Good morning, Gateway. It is great to be with you again for another Sunday of Church Online, wherever you are coming in from. It is great to have you this morning and I'm really excited. It's our second week of our Gateway Beyond series and I'm trusting and believing that God is going to again speak to us. How good was that video from Ryan and Anna Cuthill? It's been a great joy to uh, watch their journey uh, over the years as they've been obedient to God's call on their life to go and share the good news to East Africa. And so awesome to hear Ryan's story, an 18-year-old who was changed by the good news of Jesus and who is now going and sharing that good news in Africa. It is so good. You know, Ryan and Anna have been sent to the other side of the world. We may not be sent to the other side of the world, but every one of us is sent somewhere to reach someone with the good news of Jesus. Some of us, like Ryan and Anna, are sent to the other side of the world. And some of us are sent to the other side of the street, but every one of us are sent. And last week as Jason uh, preached from Acts chapter 2, Pentecost Sunday, the birth of the church, he preached that the, the Spirit of God came and breathed life into the early church, the disciples who were waiting for the Spirit to come. You know, we are sent in the power of the Spirit. But we're not just sent in the power of the Spirit. We're sent in the power of the Spirit with a message to share. And that message is good news. It is the good news of Jesus. And we're going to look at the story of a person called Philip who arrives a few chapters later in Acts. And we we meet uh, Philip uh, serving in the care ministry. You see, as the church continued to grow, as the Spirit breathed on them as they went out into Jerusalem and began to share the good news, they began to see the poverty around them, the need around them. And so they felt called to share the resources with the widows, the poor, the orphans and those in need. So they set up a care ministry and Philip was one of those who worked in the care ministry. It was a little bit like our gateway care ministry. His role was to distribute resources to those most in need. Now, Philip was one of those who was filled with the Spirit and he hears the Spirit of God and goes up to a a place called Samaria. And up in Samaria, he goes and he proclaims the good news of Jesus there. And many Samaritans respond to the good news. And then again, uh, prompted by the Spirit of God, he goes back down to Gaza where we meet him now and we're going to share his story where he meets an Ethiopian. And so we're going to read from Acts chapter 8. If you've got your Bibles with you in your land room, go grab it. Uh, Maybe you want to jump on your digital device or the words are going to be on the screen uh, below me. And we're going to read this kind of crazy story of Philip who shares the good news with an Ethiopian. And we're going to be reading from Acts chapter 8, starting at verse 26, if you are reading along at home. And this is what it says. Now, an angel of the Lord said to Philip, go south to the road, the desert road, that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out and on his way, he met an Ethiopian Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all the treasury of Kandake. Or else you another way of saying that is Candace, which means queen of the Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship. And on his way home was sitting in his chariot reading the book of Isaiah the prophet. The spirit told Philip, "Go to that chariot and stay near it." Then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. "Do you understand what you are reading?" Philip asked. "How can I," he said, "unless someone explains it to me?" So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. This is the passage of scripture the eunuch was reading. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter. And as a lamb before its shearer is silent, so he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, tell me, please, who is the prophet talking about? Himself or someone else? Then Philip began with that very passage of Scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. We read in this story that the Ethiopian is desperately looking for the good news, so much so that he's riding along in a chariot, reading a scroll, trying to find the good news is somewhere and he doesn't understand. He's desperately searching for the good news. You know, I reckon we're all in desperate need of good news, particularly in times of bad news. You know, we are surrounded at the moment with bad news. It's all over the media. In fact, I was listening to a government official the other day saying that they want us to stop watching the news so much because they're realising that watching too much bad news isn't good for us. You know, psychologists are telling us that too much bad news is actually bad for our mental health. It's causing anxiety and depression. I reckon I could have told you that. You know, if you have too much bad news in your life, it's not going to go good for you. We are in desperate need of good news, particularly when we're filled with bad news. I just want you to dream for a moment. Just imagine with me for a moment that you uh, woke up tomorrow morning and you decided to go down to the shops and uh, go to the newsagent and go and buy a newspaper, which I know anybody over 40 might do. Anyone under 40 may not do. You just roll over and grab your screen, but just go with me for a moment. Imagine you grab, you looked and you saw a newspaper and it had this title, Cure found. And you, you, you're kind of going, hang on a minute, that's got to be fake news. And so you look at the other newspapers and they've all got the same title, cure found. I mean, if you saw that, if we saw that tomorrow morning, that would be good news. Imagine if you're kind of going, hang on, we're not quite sure, so I'm going to read some of the details and and we look at the details of what this cure is and we find out, we read in the details, these, firstly we find out that all the pharmaceutical companies have decided out of the goodness of their heart that they're not going to make billions and billions of dollars off this new cure, but they're actually going to give it away for free. You know, that, that that is, I mean, that is good news you continue to read the detail, not only is it free, but it's free for everyone. They're gonna make enough and distribute it for seven billion people all around the planet. Man alive, this good news is getting better. Not only is it free, not only is it for everyone, but it's 100% effective with no side effects. And it lasts forever. I mean, that is good news. It's free. It's for everyone and it lasts forever. That is good news. Can you imagine what that would mean for us? Come on, let's just keep dreaming for a moment. If tomorrow a cure was found, you know, we would be able to embrace one another. We'd be able to give one another hugs. Grandparents would be able to hug their grandkids. Grandkids grandkids would be able to hug their grandparents. We'd be able to hug our mates. You know, I know Jason Ellsmore at this time is desperately, you know, missing hugs. So when restrictions do leave and you meet Jason at one of the campuses, just go and give him a big hug because he's really missing that at the moment. And that would be good news for him. Just, just, just uh, telling you that. But there's more good news to come. You know, for those who don't have a job or have lost employment, you'll be able to go back and continue to work and have employment and have income. Those of you who had travel plans, who booked flights and and holidays and they've been postponed, you're able to go on those holidays. For those who have family overseas like I do, we'll be able to go and see our family overseas. We'll be able to celebrate and have parties. I know a whole bunch of you have had weddings and engagements engagement parties and birthday parties. You'll be able to celebrate with all your friends again. You know, for those of you who love going to live sport, you'll be able to go and see your beloved Broncos or Brisbane Lions or Brisbane Heat or whatever it is, go and enjoy the sport. You know, there'd be good news for me in the fact that I won't need to sit in any more Zoom meetings. Anybody else suffering for a bit of Zoom gloom at the moment? I know I am. Good news, and finally, We'll be able to gather together as a church. We'll be able to come together and worship together. We'll be able to be a community together. Come on, if any of that excites you, if there is any good news in that, why don't you just hit the love heart button right now. Send up some love hearts. We are looking forward to that day. That is good news. Good news. A cure is found. Now don't go and call your parents now or whoever and say the cure is found. But We're just imagining right now, Okay. And the reality is that we are all desperate for good news. And in truth, as bad as COVID is, and as, as bad news as it is for us, there's even worse news. There's even greater disease that plagues us. It's the disease of sin. You know, sin is the worst news that plagues our community, our nation, and our world. You know, it breaks my heart. When I see the shocking news of domestic violence in our own Brisbane backyard. You know, it breaks my heart when I see racism rear its ugly head, both in Australia and around the world. You know, it breaks my heart when I see violence and murder every night on the news. And it breaks my heart when I see injustice and inequality in the distribution of wealth and resources around the world, meaning some live in absolute poverty and hunger. Now, my heart cries out for help. I'm crying out for a cure. I'm sure your heart cries out for a cure as well. You know, it's bad news. Sin is bad news. But it goes further than just our community, nation and our world. It goes into our very hearts. We all suffer under the weight, under the curse of sin. We all suffer under our own personal sin and brokenness, our own unhelpful, unhealthy addictions and habits, our pride, our selfishness. You know, we all at times live with the sense of guilt, entrapment and failure. And the thing is, is that we can't fix it. We can't fix ourselves. We are unable to set ourselves free from the pain of the past, the expectations that we live in the present and the fears of our future. You know, sin is one disease that we cannot cure. You know, we are in desperate need for a cure to sin. And as we read this passage today, we see that the Ethiopian eunuch is desperate for a breakthrough. He's desperate for some good news into his own life, into his own circumstances. He's pouring his eyes over this manuscript, this scroll, this Old Testament prophecy, trying to understand, desperately understanding how it can speak to his situation in his life. And I think as we look at his story, we can kind of understand a little bit of who he is and his journey. You know, firstly, we find out that he is in a royal household. He works in the royal household. He's kind of like an accountant working for the queen or the queen mother. He's in the royal household. He would have been a person of great influence. He would have been a person of wealth. He would have been a person of notoriety. We also see that he is a deeply religious man. He's a Jewish Believer, he's a devout Jew. In fact, because he travels all the way from Africa to Jerusalem to worship, this man is very religious. You know, he would have gone on one of those pilgrimages and and celebrated a festival in Jerusalem, much like people still do to this day. You know, he was a very religious person. Now, we don't know whether he was a Jew of from birth or whether he was a converted Jew. Most likely, he was a converted Jew. But what we do know is that he was an incredibly good person. He was incredibly religious. And thirdly, we, we see here that he's a, a eunuch. You know, he's been emasculated. He has lost his manhood. Now, I don't know the circumstances around that, but that's got to do something to you. That's got to do something to your identity. That's got to speak to who you are. It's got to impact your worldview, the way that you see your life, the way that you see your role in the world, the way that you see your future. Not only would it have affected his identity, but it would have affected his religion. We read here in Deuteronomy chapter 23 that anybody who was a, a, a Jewish follower uh, would be ostracized if they were emasculated. We read in Deuteronomy 23, these words, no one who has been emasculated by crushing or cutting, I mean, it makes the eyes water, may enter the assembly of the Lord. I mean, I don't know what his experience was in Jerusalem as he went to worship. I don't know whether he was ostracized. I don't know what his experience was. But what we do know is that he was desperate for good news. He was desperate to find some hope. You see, his wealth and his status and his religion had not yet answered his deepest questions. He was looking for good news. He was desperate for good news. And this is where Philip comes into the story. Now, Philip is led by the Spirit to go and speak to this Ethiopian eunuch. And there's this really strange dialogue. We kind of get the sense that the chariot was moving. Um, We see that a little bit later on. So kind of Philip comes and runs upside next to the chariot and kind of hears the Ethiopian reading and kind of yells at, hey, do you understand what you're reading? And the Ethiopian goes, how can I? I need someone to explain it to me. And then Philip goes, well, I can explain it to you. And so he goes, all righty then, hop on in, sit in my chariot and we can chat. And so Philip comes in and sits down and they look at this passage in Isaiah. It's one of the suffering servant songs. There are five suffering servant songs in Isaiah that we read of. And there are songs written about Jesus. There are songs written pointing to Jesus. In fact, some scholars say that or refer to Isaiah as the fifth gospel. We have Matthew, Mark, Luke, Luke and John, all written about the life of Jesus, and then Isaiah, which was written 500 years beforehand. But because of its content, because of its prophecy, it's so much about Jesus. It points so much to Jesus. And Philip is able to sit down with this Ethiopian, and explain this passage to him. We read here in uh, verse 34, the eunuch asked Philip, tell me please, who is the prophet talking about? Himself or someone else? Then Philip began with that very passage of Scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. Philip tells the Ethiopian that the good news is Jesus. The key to this passage, the key to this scripture is found in Jesus. The good news is all about Jesus. Jesus is the key to this story. Jesus is the key to knowing and understanding and coming to a relationship with God. Jesus is the key to having hope, meaning, purpose and life. The good news is all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. And Isaiah 53 gives us a picture of who this Jesus is. Now, Isaiah 53 says that He was led like a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb before its shearer is silent, so He did not open His mouth. As we see the story of Jesus, we see this God step down from heaven to earth. Jesus, God in human form, coming, walking, living the perfect life, healing the sick, caring for the downhearted, the broken, the ostracised, those on the outside. He taught with power, with love, with grace, with justice. Yet after 33 years of life, living the perfect life, He is sentenced to death by the religious leaders and by the Roman authorities. And He is led up to a cross where He is hung, where He is nailed, where He is beaten, where He is naked, He is ashamed, bleeding. He breathes His last. He is that sheep to the slaughter. Jesus dies. You know, John the Baptist, when he sees Jesus, we read this in John chapter 1, in one of the Gospels, John says these words, he says, Behold the Lamb who takes away the sin of the world. Now, John understood this passage in Isaiah chapter 53. And he says, Behold the Lamb who will take away the sin of the world. Jesus is hung on a cross. Jesus dies for us in order that He could take away the curse of sin, that He could take away the pain of sin that we all carry, that creation carries, this whole world carries. We are living under the curse of sin, but Jesus has come. The good news is that Jesus has come. He has died for us. He has died so that He can take away sin from our lives so that we can be forgiven. That is good news. But it's not the whole good Good news because we read that three days later Jesus rises from the dead and he is now king, he is now Lord, he's defeated sin and death, he has defeated the curse of death, and we can know new life in him. That is the good news. Can somebody in their lounge room give me an amen? That is the good news. Jesus has defeated the curse of sin. Let me tell you. There is a cure. There is a cure. Let me hold that up in the right way. A cure has been found. It's Jesus. The good news is all about Jesus. And the good news of Jesus is free. It's for everyone and it's forever. The good news is free. It's all about grace. You can't earn it. You can't strive for it. All you can do is receive it. It's grace. All you can do is receive this gift of forgiveness from Jesus. You can't earn it. It's free. Not only is it free, but it's for everyone. It doesn't matter your background. It doesn't matter what nation you're from. It doesn't matter what colour your skin is. It doesn't matter what you've done or what you haven't done, what family you've grown up in. It doesn't matter. The good news is for everyone. This would have been liberating for this Ethiopian. No longer did he have to strive. No longer was it about religion, but it was about Jesus who had done it for him. His identity had changed. His identity was now in a God who loved him, who'd set him free, who'd forgiven him and given him a new identity. That's a wonderful thing. It's for everyone. We're all invited into a new family, the family of God. We are God's children. It's for everyone and it's forever forever. You see, with Jesus rising from the dead, defeating sin and death, we can now live for eternity in His presence in joy. And we can look forward to that one day. You know, this life is not the end. We look forward to one day living forever with Jesus. Jesus will return one day and He will make all things right and He will make all things new. It's good news. It's good news. And we've got to share it. The theologian Tom Wright, reflecting on this Isaiah passage and the whole narrative of Scripture... And reflecting on the God who is always about sending good news says this. He says it is ultimately because of the work of the servant that the message that God is king, the message that is that Babylon is overthrown, that peace has come at last, that Israel is rescued and the ends of the earth shall recognise God's salvation. We are invited into a great story but we are called to share that great story. We are sent to to share the good news of Jesus. We are sent to share the good news of Jesus. Now, I reckon some of us who have been in a relationship with Jesus, who know the good news of Jesus, have perhaps forgotten the good news. You know, sometimes we, we don't share the good news because we've lost the wonder of the good news. We've forgotten what it actually means for us and my prayer is that today that we will be reminded afresh that the good news of Jesus is good news for us that we'll take hold of that so that we will again feel inspired and filled and want to share it, I mean can you imagine if someone had the cure for the virus but actually instead of sharing it they held it to themselves, they said actually no I'm, I'm going to keep it to myself That wouldn't be good news. That would be terrible. You know, we need to share the good news and we need to share it in a way that people can understand. Just like Philip. Philip sat down with the Ethiopian and explained the good news to him. And we are called to share the good news in a way that people can understand it. You know, I I, I reckon that In every culture, in every generation, in every time, we are called to share the good news in a way that people can understand it. It needs to be explained and discovered afresh. It doesn't mean that the message changes, but the context does. And our task is to play our part in making the good news understood. You know, that is why we care for the most in need in our community. We heard from Tim just before. That is why we're committed to planting campuses in our nation. That is why we are sending more people all around the world through Gateway Beyond so that more and more people can have the opportunity to hear the good news of Jesus. You know, in my hands, I am holding a Bible This Bible has the power to change lives. In it contains the words that the Ethiopian read as he opened up to the book of Isaiah and read the the, the suffering servant song. You know, in this book contains the words of Jesus, words of life, words that bring hope and healing. You know, the the words in, in, in this book have changed billions of lives over two millennia. But when I open up this book and I I read it, I I can't make sense of it. It's because it's written in Bengali. And I can't read Bengali. I can only read English. Do you know that there are over 250 million people who speak Bengali? It's the sixth largest language in the world. You know... A guy called Morris Lee, who's one of our Gateway Beyond workers, who with a number of other translators worked for over 30 years, slaving to translate this Bible in order that more and more people, in order that millions could again open up and discover the good news for themselves in their own language so that they could understand the good news of the gospel. Isn't that great? Millions of people have access to the good news through Morris Lee and many others who worked incredibly hard to make this happen. You know, I was speaking to Morris today and he was saying they're now working on a a digital copy so that more and more people can have access to the good news found in his Word. People can find it in their own language. You know, Gateway Beyond has played its part in seeing more and more people hear the good news of Jesus. And it's not just Morris Lee. No, for many, many years, we've sent people out sent people into our community, our nation and our world to communicate the good news so that people can understand it. People have gone to nations, tribes and tongues, tongues speaking and communicating and explaining the good news of Jesus. We've sent people to care works in Logan and to our care for, care facilities and our um, care ministries in all our different campuses. We've sent people to university campuses all to point to Jesus to explain the good news of. Jesus so that more and more people can hear the good news, respond to the news and be changed by the good news. You see, the good news of Jesus changes lives. That's why we're so committed to doing what we do with Gateway Beyond. The good news of Jesus has the power to change lives. Let's continue in this story in Acts because we still need to get to the end. In verse 36, we read these. These words, as they traveled along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, Look, here is water. What can stand in the way of my being baptized? And he gave orders to stop the chariot. And then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away, and the eunuch did not see him again, but he went on his way rejoicing. Philip, however, appeared at Azotus and travelled about preaching the good news, preaching the gospel in all towns until he reached Caesarea. We see here that the Ethiopian's life has been changed. No, he has turned towards God. His eyes have been opened He's become a believer, he's received the gift of the Holy Spirit, he's been filled with the Spirit, he's been baptised and he leaves with joy. His life is changed forever. You know, I'd love to think that as he goes back to to the royal household there in Ethiopia, he continues to share the good news. Now, did you know that the Ethiopian church is known as one of the oldest churches in church history? Now, I'd kind of like to think that that Ethiopian eunuch had a role to play in seeing the church start there in East Africa, in the area now that Ryan and Anna are working. You know, the good news of Jesus has the power to change lives. It changed the life of this Ethiopian. And it has the power to change the lives of many others around the world. We've seen that through Gateway Beyond over many, many years. And it has the power to change your life too, if you're willing to receive it. If you're willing to receive it. I want to ask you, have you been changed by the good news of Jesus? Have you been changed? Have you put your faith and your trust in Him? Do you know the joy and the life of being free from the curse, free from the curse of sin? Have you found the cure? You know, for the Ethiopian eunuch, he, he searched in a number of different places for the cure, the cure for the meaning of life. He, he searched in wealth and, and notoriety and status. He searched in religion, but he couldn't find it. He found it in Jesus and Jesus is good news for you too. I want to say to you if you have not responded to Jesus, if you don't know Jesus, then there is great hope and life to be found in him. It's free. It's for you and it's forever. You know, as I address you right now, those of you who don't know Jesus and are considering, the words that I would use would probably be the same words that Philip used when he was to when he explained the good news to the Ethiopian, because they're the words that Philip used. That's Peter used in Acts chapter two, and we heard that last week. When Peter got up, and and people were asking, "What must we do to be saved? What must we do to come into a relationship with Jesus?" And Peter said these words, I think Philip would have said these words too, and we read it in Acts chapter 2, verses 38. Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. I would say to you, if you want to respond to the good news, what it requires is receiving. Receiving means repentance. Repentance literally means turning away. It means turning away from your own way of life, turning away from the things that you thought would give you satisfaction, meaning and purpose and turning towards Jesus and making Him King of your life. It means saying sorry and turning your life again, allowing Him to come into your life, allowing the Spirit of God to come into your life. And as you do, your life will be changed. It changed the life of of the Ethiopian, it can change your life too. Hey, if that's you right now, let me encourage you to do something real simple. I'd love for you just to hit a button that's gonna come up in the in the chat bar right now. It's just to say, I have decided to follow Jesus. I want that good news. I want to receive Jesus into my life. I want that. And if that's you right now, just click that button. I encourage you to click that button. And I'm also going to ask you to pray a prayer with me, which is essentially a summary of just what I've said. It's a prayer of of repentance, of faith and of acceptance. And I'd love to lead you in that prayer right now. Wherever you are sitting, wherever you are, will you just pray along with me this prayer right now? Let's pray together. Jesus Christ, I'm sorry for the things I've done wrong in my life. Please forgive me. I turn from everything that I know is wrong and I choose to follow You. Thank You that You died on the cross for me so that I could be forgiven. Thank You that You offer me forgiveness and promise me new life. Please come into my life so I can know Your power and Your grace forever. Amen. Oh Amen. Hey, if you've responded to the good news this morning, if you have prayed that prayer and received Jesus, then we are just cheering for you. That is the most wonderful news. It is the best decision that you can make. Hey, why don't we just hit that love heart button for all those today who have prayed that prayer, who've responded to the good news, who now have a great hope in Jesus. The curse has gone. The curse of sin has been taken off you. You can live with a new freedom, a new purpose, a new peace, a new life. It is so good. Hey, we all, all of us who've responded to Jesus have a good news story to tell. And we are sent to tell somebody. We're sent somewhere to tell someone. You you may not be sent to the other side of the world. You may be sent to the other side of the street. You know, just a couple of weeks ago, I was literally sent to my side of the street You know, I came home one day and there was a a traffic worker just kind of out there uh, just kind of directing traffic and and they weren't real busy. The road wasn't very, very busy and they were just near our driveway and I I drove in and I saw saw them and I waved, but I didn't really say anything. I felt like the Spirit was saying, go and speak to that person, but I was tired and uh, and I just, to be honest, I couldn't be bothered. I'm kind of ashamed to say it, so I just kind of went inside. And uh, the next day, I drove in again and saw the same person there. And this time, again, I felt the Spirit say, go and speak to that person. And so I did. And I went and spoke to this young lady. She'd be in her mid-20s. And for about an hour, she just poured out her heart. She asked all these questions about her own spiritual journey. She wanted to know what Christianity was. She wanted to know what the good news was. And I, I got to have a Philip moment where I was able to explain the good news of Jesus, explain grace to her, You know, everyone is sent. We're all sent with the good news and we have opportunities. I want to ask you, where are you sent today? You know, is it your family? Is it your community? Is it your street? Is it your workplace? Is it your university? Is it your school? Where is it? We all have a place where we can share the good news. We're all sent to share the good news. Where is it? Where is it for you? In a moment, we're going to sing a song and we're going to respond. And and my prayer is that the Spirit of God will just refresh you, speak to you, remind you of the good news and lead you to those places where you need to share the good news. The song that the team is going to lead is actually a a song that I wrote a number of years ago. It's a song that we have sung here at Gateway. It's actually a song that I started writing when I was living in the UK. And I remember vividly writing the chorus. It came from a, a heart where I was just longing for the Spirit to come and fill me. It was a little bit of that Acts 2 song that, that we heard last week. And it says, Spirit of the living God, fall on us, fall on me now. It was my heart cry that I wanted to be filled with the Spirit of God. But I just couldn't quite finish the verses. And I remember uh, arriving here at Gateway and, uh, and picking up the song again and having a go at rewriting the, the verses. And I remember as I sat down and I thought, how am I going to write these verses? I knew that if the Spirit of God is falling on us, then we are sent out to go. We're sent out to see revival. We're sent out to see the good news reach everyone, everywhere, and we're sent out with mercy and justice. And I remember writing these verses going, God, if we are filled with Your Spirit, then we must go and we must take the good news, both in word and in action. And so we're going to sing this song. The team are going to lead us now. Let me encourage you in your lounge rooms. Maybe you want to sing along if you know. But what I'd encourage you to do, whatever you do, just allow the Spirit of God to refresh you right now. Speak to you right now. Where are the places that He needs to send you? Where are the places where He needs to refresh you? Does He need to remind you afresh with the good news that you have in Him? So we're going to sing, we're going to worship together and may God minister to you in this moment.
1: together here to sing. come and change us from the inside God how we need you let your glory move with power as we lift our voice in praise come and set our hearts on fire oh God how we Period.
0: Let's pray together. God, we just thank you that you are a God who fills us with your spirit. You are so generous to us. And God, you're a God who uses us. You're a God who gives us purpose. You've given us good news. You've invited us into a story. And God, you invite us to share that story with others. And God, I pray that wherever we are right now, Wherever we're watching from right now, God, that you'll be speaking to us, that you'll be leading us, that you'll be filling us with a heart that longs to go, that longs to share the good news. Will you fill us with a boldness, God? Will you fill us with a courage? Will you help us just to have those conversations? Lord God, where we feel like inadequate, Lord God, I pray that you'll give us the words to say. Lord God, that You will lead us. Lord, so that many more through what we do, through our lives, Lord God, will hear the good news of Jesus and that their lives will be changed. Oh God, thank You that You call us as Your church. Lord God, thank You that You lead us as Your church. Thank You for what You have done, what You are doing and what You will do into the future. God, will You fill us? Will You lead us? Will You send us? It's in the mighty name of Jesus we pray. And everyone said... Amen. Amen. Hey, it has been so good to be with you this morning. I trust that you do know the power and the presence of God uh, today. Hey, after our service, we're going to be gathering right now on Facebook uh, at each of our different campuses. So make sure you follow the links that will come up in the chat uh, screen and go to that. And let me encourage you, as Tim said before, tonight we have our special Gateway Beyond celebration. And we're going to be hearing about all the wonderful things that are going on through Gateway Beyond. So even if you don't normally come to the 6 p.m. service, you don't want to miss this one. Make sure you come back tonight, 6 p.m., Gateway Online. We'd love to see you there. Have a great afternoon and we will see you very soon. We hope you've been blessed by this message. If we can pray for you or you would like to take a further step in your relationship with Jesus, we would love to connect with you. Please head to gatewaybaptist.com.au and click on Get Connected to let us know.